Hi, and welcome. We're delighted that you've joined us here at Tell Me Where to Go, where you'll hear travel tales from all over the world designed to inspire, inform, and get you travelling around this wonderful world. Here on Tell Me Where to Go, we're journeying to Arizona in the USA, and I'm speaking to Becky Blaine from the Arizona Office of Tourism. Becky, it's nice to see you again. It's been some time since we last spoke. Yes, it's good to see you too. You're the first person in the world ever to have said that. (laughs) Arizona, it's a fantastic little place. It's sort of bordered on one side by California, bordered to its south with Mexico. When I think of Arizona, I think of the most fabulous rock formations. You have the Grand Canyon there, which is the piece de resistance. There's nothing like it anywhere else in the world. But then you have these other places. You've got the Petrified Forest National Park. You've got Monument Valley now. Anybody that's ever seen a major Western film has seen Monument Valley, and it's just extraordinary, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. And it's tribal land. We're home to the largest Native American tribe, Navajo Nation, and their borders extend up into Utah and over into New Mexico as well. And so we really focus on getting people to come to Arizona and really experience the history and culture of Arizona too. Monument Valley is a special place, as is Canyon de Chez, which is lesser known on... Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about the Grand Canyon because, as I say, that is just extraordinary. But there's so many different ways of seeing it, isn't it? You can hike it, you can get on a mule or a donkey and ride it, you can whitewater raft it. Friends of mine, and they've showed me the vision, helicoptered through the Grand Canyon and That is awesome. It's just amazing because you're flying down beneath the cliffs. It's just amazing. Yeah, if you have the chance to go, how we say, below the rim, experience the canyon either from the Colorado River looking up or any of the trails or like you just mentioned with the helicopter, you know, whitewater rafting, anything like that. Absolutely stunning. We always encourage people to look ahead and book ahead because... Some of those things, like the whitewater rafting trips, do book up, you know, a year in advance. I just actually looked this week and there is some availability for 2022, which is rare. 2022. (laughs) Yeah. There's places like Phantom Ranch at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, which is the last place where the mail is still delivered daily by mule in the United States. And Phantom Ranch has bunk houses, so it's popular with the hikers doing that rim-to-rim hike. Yeah. They can book up. They have a lottery system, so they can book up a year in advance Wow. That's fantastic because there is a range of accommodation around the Grand Canyon. You can do five-star if you want or you can, say, stay in a bunkhouse and you can have that real Western experience here as well, can't you? You can. So the South Rim has a lot of the historic lodges. They were built in the 1920s. There's a handful of those there. There's also camping, which is kind of the main entrance into Grand Canyon National Park is at the South Rim. There's also um, what we call Grand Canyon West, which is the Wallapai Tribe. It is in Peach Springs, Arizona, closer to Kingman and Route 66. 
Okay. And they have accommodations there. They do a whitewater trip where you can just be on the river for one day and helicopter out the same day. Right. You don't have if you have, you know, short on time. So that's a unique experience. And they do have the helicopters tours as well. And then the North Rim is really fantastic. Lesser visited. It's more remote. It takes about three and a half hours to travel there through Navajo Nation, yeah. north of Flag. But when you get there, by the way, the crow flies, you can see Flagstaff, yeah. you can see Humphreys Peak from there. You know, it is more remote. It is closest town is Jacob Lake. That's near the Utah border. And it is just absolutely stunning. There's the Grand Lodge was built in the 1920s there. That is surrounded also by bunkhouses and cabins that you can rent. And there's a campground there. We actually camped there a few months ago. And it's just spectacular. Oh, would be. Either area you decide to visit and either way you decide to see the canyon, it's just absolutely stunning. Well, now I'm speaking to you, Becky, you're in Phoenix. Now, I happen to know that that is the most populated state capital city in the US and you're part of the Sonoran Desert as well. So it must be a reasonably dry climate there, hot, dry climate. Would that be right? It is normally, we get about nine months of really great weather where it's gorgeous here. And then, of course, we get the heat in the summer. The Sonoran Desert is the USA's hottest desert. I think they count Death Valley as kind of the hottest desert. That's the one that kills most people. Yeah. (laughs) But the Sonoran Desert (laughs) is the most colorful desert in the world, actually, and full of plant life and animal life. You have roadrunners there. And I want to know do you have Wiley Coyote? Is he an Arizonian? I have not seen him, but we do have runners here in Arizona. The desert is just beautiful, and it absolutely, it just rained a couple days ago, so it's just alive. I mean, everything is blooming right now. It's so beautiful. And that's the thing, that we don't get a bloom time of year. I mean, we'll get a bloom multiple times a year with some of these desert plants throughout the fall, spring, and into the summer as well. And the other thing is, you have a, a wonderful range of flora and fauna there. I know you've got things like coyotes and all sorts of things, rattlesnakes and and stuff like that, which I think is fascinating because coming from Australia, we're not used to coyotes. We have dingoes, which is our version of it. But snakes, we love them over here. They, I think they are the most majestic creatures, the way they move. They're just fabulous. Yeah, so the desert is really a varied ecosystem yeah. when it comes against animals. And there's great places where you can safely explore that, like Desert yep. Botanical Gardens yep. or down in Tucson, They have the Sonoran Desert Museum, and we have the Phoenix Zoo here too, which is a world-class zoo, but that's animals from all over the world. But really in Tucson, if you went to the Sonoran Desert Museum, it focuses specifically, it's near Saguaro National Park, so you also get the majestic cacti. I was going to say, they're the biggest cacti in the world, aren't they? Massive. They are, they are, yeah. yeah. They're beautiful, and some of them are quite ancient, grow the arms and as tall as they can get, and things like that. No, it's definitely... It's beautiful if you've never seen the Sonoran Desert. It's, it's definitely yeah. something, you know, to see at least once. But we do have such a varied climate across the state. You'll go from the Sonoran Desert until you head up north through Sedona and you hit the Red Rocks. We call that the high dirt. And you can kind of see a transition start to happen where you don't see the cacti anymore and you start to see more pine trees and things like that. You get up to Flagstaff. And you're in the largest stand of ponderosa pine trees in the world. Really? And on the way up to the Grand Canyon, too, it looks a little more deserty. And then you're at the Grand Canyon and it's forest again at the rim. But when you hike down into the canyon, the further down you go in descending into the canyon, 
the warmer it will get because then you're getting closer to those temperatures at sea level like what we have down here in Phoenix. The other thing that I have never associated with Arizona is you've got a burgeoning wine industry there. We do. That's the other thing people don't realize because they think, oh, Arizona's just desert. But we actually have this varied elevation everywhere. Down in southern Arizona, south of Tucson, there's a couple different areas. Sonoida is one area, which is the AVA that we had designated. The American Viticulture Association designated that. And then Wilcox is another area down there. And 75% of the grapes are grown in those two areas in Arizona. And then the Verde Valley. So north of here on the way to Sedona is the third region. And we have over 120 licensed wineries state. They make award-winning wines. And it's fabulous to see this piece of the industry growing so much, especially in the last 20 to 30 years. It's started to grow even more. So Lots of tasting rooms around. You can go to ArizonaWines.com and we have a link. We have a digital wine passport with a, a map. So if you're driving in the state and it uses your geolocation and your GPS and your phone, you can always find a tasting room near you if you want to stop some Arizona whites. It is a hot place. So they're mainly whites, so you've got some light reds. Or are they all varieties? It's all varieties. And so actually they have found here because of the soil, they can grow quite a wide variety of grapes. And so they're actually at a different elevation down there in the south. It's very deceiving because it looks like desert. Actually, also a little bit of a grassland area. But they're at about 3,500 to 4,500 feet. The other thing about Arizona is you've got that many hiking trails. You can actually hike right through Arizona, can't you? And you've got the Sun Corridor Trail. I think that's also called the Credit Card Trail for some reason. Why would that be? Yeah, so the Sun Corridor Trail is one of the newest trails that's being established and it'll run eventually from Las Vegas all the way through Arizona and down to the Mexico border. It uses established urban trail loops. So there'll be a trail loop around Las Vegas. There'll be one around Flagstaff, Sedona, Prescott, There's one here around the valley, around Phoenix, called the Maricopa County Loop Trail, down in Tucson as well. And so the neat thing about that is the connectors are what's being built through these loops. And so you can hike or use an e-bike or something like that on this trail. And then we call it the credit card trail because you can actually eat in a restaurant for dinner, stay in a hotel. It's like what we consider like front country. It's not as roughing it. You can, you know, stay in a cool town in Arizona for the evening. Whereas the Arizona trail, which is an 800 mile trail starts at the Utah border, goes all the way to the Mexico border. But that includes hiking 800 miles and it includes a rim to rim hike through the Grand Canyon. Oh, really? So you be in great shape if you want to do that. Because that rim to rim hike is no joke. And it's 24 miles with a huge elevation loss and, and gain coming back up again. But sometimes when people set out to do that, they set aside 30 days. People have hiked the entire length of the Arizona Trail, but it requires backcountry camping yeah. and gateway towns and people maybe bringing you supplies along the way and things like that. So You've also got some incredibly beautiful places at the Vermilion Cliffs, yes. the Havasu Falls, which seem to be a little bit difficult to get down to, but it seems that the journey is well worth it. Well, so Havasu Falls is actually at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Oh, right. Closer to kind of that Peach Springs area we mentioned before, So, yep. but it's actually been closed for COVID because there is a tribe. We have 22 Native American yep. tribes in the state, and the Havasupai are the keepers of the blue green waters. That's right. what they translate into. And so they actually 
live down there at the bottom of the canyon. That is their ancestral home. And so they run a lottery system um, that limits the amount of visitors per day um, in non-COVID times um, to protect the um, area down there. And so they're caretakers of the land and they want everyone that comes down to not just come down for that Instagrammable waterfall shot at the bottom of the canyon, but to understand the culture, the history, and how to take care of the land as well, which is a big thing for us through our um, Leave No Trace Appreciate AZ too, is about sustainable tourism. And so that lottery system is closed. It's been closed since COVID hit. We don't know when it'll open back up, but it is one of those, you know, very desirable kind of once in a lifetime bucket list trips. And it's absolutely beautiful if you do get a chance to get a ticket that's right and so as you say you have the lottery so it is limited not just anyone can go there you you have to apply to go down there now i was mentioning monument valley before about appearing in so many westerns but of course one of the most famous western events of all time occurred in tombstone wasn't it which was the gunfight at the okay corral yes Tombstone is still there, and I believe that gunfight is still occurring, is it? And they do reenactments, yes, at the OK Corral down on Allen Street, yep. which is kind of our main street where the saloons are and the Birdcage Theatre. Yep. They do ghost tours in the Birdcage Theatre as well. So you can catch the reenactment, you can eat in one of the Old West saloons, and then they have a great brewery down there too. Oh, well, they were talking. Tombstone Brewery. And they have award-winning beers. And so not a lot of people realize all these things are kind of in this one cool little town. They just think of the Old West and they remember the shootout at the OK Corral. But there's a Western ranch you can stay there too, the Tombstone Monument Ranch as well. Arizona's got all these ghost towns as well, which were all the old Western towns. It must be fantastic to look at that side of American history because it was an exciting time in the US, wasn't it? Back in the old days when it was sort of transitioning from being a Mexican to American, I guess. And it was a little bit Wild West would be the apt description for those times too. So there's a lot of history in Arizona. I mean, we have a a farming history that goes back 4,000 years with the indigenous tribes that inhabited northern Mexico and southern and. Tucson was named the first U.S. city of gastronomy, UNESCO. Was it city really? Yeah, because of that history. And But then we've got a mission church in Tucson that was yeah. built in the 1600s. And these ghost towns that you talk about too, like Bisbee is one as well. Mm. So they're previous mining towns, like from yeah. the 1800s. And they have like, you know, mines that maybe you can take a tour in now and yeah. Bisbee or the Copper Queen Mine. But they have, you know, like the old jail is said to be haunted or... The Copper Queen Hotel, which is kind of the big main hotel in town, is said to be haunted as well. And so you'll find a lot of these kind of ghost town stories in either the old mining towns or places where there was an old hospital or something like that. Like in Jerome, that's the case. It's also an old mining town, but it's the Jerome Grand Hotel, which to be the hospital. It's also said to be haunted. For people who want to go to Arizona and visit Arizona, is there such a thing like such as an Arizona pass or a Phoenix pass or anything like that? Or do you have a pass for your national parks, that sort of thing? We do. The America the Beautiful pass is for all national park service. And so you can use it for, we have the three national parks that you mentioned, Grand Canyon, Saguaro National Park and Petrified Forest. But then it's also valid for all of the national monuments. And we have 34 national 
monuments and sites like that across the state as well. So I would highly recommend ordering that. You could also just pick it up at your first stop. So if one of your first stops is a national monument or park or something like that, you can buy it there. It's $80 and it's valid for one year, but it pays for itself. And then you can come and go as you please through Parks and the Monuments and It's really such a great pass to have, especially if you're planning to do a multi-day road trip, you know, over several weeks, multiple states and cities and things like that. It's really great. They go to your website. You have suggested itineraries for people that would say want to drive themselves or whatever. I guess there must be tours for people as well if they prefer to go on a tour. If they go to your website, then they'll be able to get all of the information that they require, won't they? Yes. So visitarizona.com is our main website for travelers. You can also go to azroadtrips.com. That's a great one because we have a lot of inspiration and driving itineraries on there. We've created new multi-state road trips too. They're very popular. So our friends in Utah and Colorado, Nevada, we all got together and we put together some of the highlights like dark sky locations. Oh yes, across. dark sky is going to ask you about that as well. We have the most dark sky locations anywhere in the world. So the Southwest is such a beautiful place if you enjoy yeah. looking at the stars or learning about them. We've got observatories in multiple locations here in Arizona. That's really kind of a great family-friendly well, I guess also because you were talking about the height of some of the places here, three and a half, four thousand feet. Of yeah. course, once you get up that high, the skies become a bit clearer as well, don't they? Yeah, and Flagstaff was the first dark sky city ever designated, and they have Lowell Observatory. It's where they discovered the planet Pluto in the 1920s. Right. Former planet Pluto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we still consider it a planet. Here of course you <laughs> And uh, so they have some great tours. They have they opened a brand new outdoor observation deck yeah. that rolled out from the building, and there's like six high-powered telescopes on it and so they have people there to kind of walk you through what you're looking at each telescope trained on a different star or planet and they'll tell you all about it so it's really such a great experience to be able to you know see some of that and if if you live in an urban area you might not have ever seen how many stars there are in the sky millions and millions and when you get out you know into some of these wide open spaces it's it's just gorgeous if you do one of these walking trails and you're camping out there's no ambient light around you and when you look at that sky the longer you look at it the brighter it gets as all these stars that you didn't know exist before mm-hmm. just appear it's just amazing and it's like a huge blanket covering you yeah most incredible experience it's not uncommon when and i go camping quite mm. a bit and in these rural destinations you get outside of the city and you can see the Milky Way. Yeah. You can see shooting stars. You can see just more stars than you can ever imagine and pick out all of the planets because they shine so brightly. Yeah. So yeah. it's such a great thing to have protected dark skies. Oh, it's amazing. Well, Becky Blaine from the Arizona Office of Tourism has been wonderful chatting to you on tellmewheretogo.com. Arizona, another great destination. Travel is starting to happen again. So yes. <laughs> we'll all Yes, Qantas is lifting their, yeah. you know, starting flights again in November. We're excited to welcome us back from down under. Yes. So hopefully we'll be getting many, many more people over there. And look, everybody, the 
Yeah, they go, particularly people when they go to the US, they go, oh, yeah, well, we'll go to, we'll go to Hawaii, we'll go to LA, we'll go to Las Vegas, we'll go to New York. But there is so much more in the United States that you don't expect to see. And Arizona is a unique place. And if you want to see something that is really traditional American and you want to be associated with the Old West and you want to see some of the most incredible landscapes in the whole world, Arizona's a place to go. Fantastic place. Becky, thanks very much for chatting to us. Thank you, Steve. It was a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check back on our website for other stories, specialists, funny travel tales, and anything else you might need to plan and safely enjoy your next trip. We look forward to hearing you back again soon. Listener.